Welcome to Newcastle Family History Society podcasts. The Newcastle Family History Society, located on a Wabakal land in Newcastle, New South Wales, Australia, provides support for those interested in family history. The Society offers a number of special interest groups, or SIGs, ranging from using DNA to trace your family lines, to cemetery research, convicts in Australia, English and Irish ancestors and more. In this podcast, members of the Scottish Special Interest Group will outline what the group does, report on their recent Open Day and give an introduction to the Scottish Old Parochial Registers. The Newcastle Family History Society provides the opportunity for its members with a common interest to meet in groups where they can share experiences and expand their knowledge. These groups are called Special Interest Groups, or SIGs for short. We have many active SIGs, such as the DNA Group, the Ancestry Users Group, a Convict SIG, a Cemetery Research Group, a Family History Scrapbooking Group, and Irish and English SIGs. But the topic of this podcast today is the Scottish Special Interest Group. The Scottish SIG meets at least 10 times a year. We do not meet in January when the Society is closed for Christmas and New Year, and generally not in December when people are often busy with other activities leading up to the festive season. We have an average attendance of about 10 members at each meeting, but these numbers vary as people can come and go as they wish. Visitors are always welcome. A meeting day is the second Tuesday of the month and meetings start at 1pm in the back room. Our meetings may feature a talk by a member, sometimes illustrated with projected images and diagrams. Discussions on how to attack Scottish genealogical problems and general Scottish matters of interest. We learn new things each time we meet. One group member frequently shares her expertise using the official website Scotland's People. Others have shared short PowerPoint presentations about their travels in Scotland. We have recently learnt about the making of Harris Tweed and the local factory which was started in Newcastle by a Scotsman in the early 1840s. Occasionally one of our members even brings along a Scottish delicacy to share, such as shortbread, Dundee cake or Scottish tablet, a yummy traditional type of fudge. Sharing is the purpose of these meetings, with everyone offered the opportunity to participate by asking questions and helping to break down the inevitable brick walls encountered in family history research, or by passing on a newly discovered source of information. If you or someone you know might enjoy the Scottish SIG meetings, we would be very pleased to see you there. A warm vulture awaits you. Ken, another of our members, will tell you more. Thank you, Mel. Hello, and I would like to share our 2023 Open Day and introduce our newsletter, The Caledonian. The Scottish Special Interest Group held its first Open Day during this year's Family History Month. Saturday the 12th of August was a fine sunny day, just as we might have ordered for our event. This meant that we could enjoy our morning tea or coffee, along with a selection of Scottish delicacies, 
provided by members of the group, outside in the warmth of the winter sun. Inside, the rooms were just as warm with the interest and friendliness of the more than 100 people who attended during the day. At times our rooms were rather packed, but everyone seemed to be having an enjoyable time looking at the exhibits and learning something about Scotland and how to find your ancestors there. The display of exhibits covered a wide range of items which illustrated Scottish culture and provided hints for research. One large table was completely covered with guidebooks for places in Scotland, collected over time by member Kirsty Carrick. Among the exhibits was a slideshow in the back room arranged by Lee Harris, while another, constructed by Mel Woodford, played continuously in the main hallway. Sue Carter manned the refreshment table and made many cups of tea or coffee. Dundee cake, oat cakes and many varieties of shortbread were also available. Now what would a Scottish Open Day be without the sound of the pipes? Professional piper Ian Innes entertained our visitors and some members of the local community when he played some tunes outside the main building. He also piped in a haggis, supplied and carried in by Sheila Farrell. It was her husband, Mick, who gave a short talk about the immortal Robert Burns and recited some of the bard's works before giving the address to a haggis and cutting it open. Samples of haggis, along with a sip of good whisky if you wanted it, were eagerly sought and it was not long before the great chieftain of the pudding race was completely consumed. The raffle was drawn at the end of the day with Beverly Richardson winning first prize of the panoramic picture of Allendown and Castle. A number of small dogs visited us during the day, but it was Sue Carter's May, a very engaging Scots terrier, who stayed the whole time, quietly keeping an eye on proceedings. No doubt everything went off to her satisfaction because she was pleasant and friendly the whole day. Society members and visitors were invited to record the names of their Scottish families and the board set aside for this purpose was soon filled. They were also invited to record the county of origin of their Scottish ancestors and it was Ayrshire that proved the most popular with 10 entries. Altogether there were 76 entries made covering a wide range of Scotland's counties. All in all, it was a great event for Family History Month. We met some very interesting people and we'll be pleased to welcome again those who join the Society when next they visit our rooms. Last but not least, thanks to all the members of the Scottish SIG who worked so hard to make the day the success it was. During the open day, members and visitors were invited to record their names to receive the first issue of the Scottish SIG newsletter, The Caledonian. This publication will be available to members and non-members alike four times a year, on each of the quarter days. These fall on the 28th of February, May, August and November. To limit costs, Caledonian will only be delivered by email. The newsletter will carry articles we hope will be enjoyed by anyone with a Scottish heritage or interest, as well as hints to further Scottish family history research. If you would like to receive Caledonian, please email our secretary at nfhinc.com at gmail.com. The first word in the first issue of the Caledonian was Felsher, the Scots Gaelic for welcome, and we hope to be able to extend a warm Felsher 
to everyone who attends our monthly meetings. The last speaker in this roundtable podcast will give a different peek into our Scottish SIG interests. Thank you, Ken. Hello, my name is Marie, and today I would like to introduce you to the Old Parochial Registers, or OPRs. As well as the activities mentioned by Mel and Ken, our Scottish SIG exists to help people with their family history research. We all know births, deaths and marriages form the skeleton upon which we build a picture of an ancestor and their family. In Scotland, statutory civil registration began in 1855 and it is relatively easy to find birth, death and marriage information after that period. But what about before that date? The parochial registers cover the period from 1553 to 1854 with records kept by parish ministers and session clerks in registers of births and baptisms, bans and marriages, deaths and burials, and sometimes the movement of people from one parish to another, which can be most helpful if you have inadvertently lost an ancestor. But we need to be aware that there was no hard and fast rule about what was entered in these registers. It was up to each individual minister or clerk to record as much or as little information as he saw fit. Do you have a Patrick Spence or a Margaret Dixon in your family? If so, you may be interested in the following OPR entry for the parish of Inveresk and dated 20th of July, 1725. Patrick Spence, workman, and Margaret Dixon, his spouse, their son named James was born the 20th day of July and baptised the same thereof. Witnesses, William Cass and Andrew Hay, baptised privately in their house by Mr R. B. Hmm, interesting. But what is so special about that entry? Well, written in the margin in a different hand and possibly indicating a different minister was the comment, This Mark Dixon was executed in the Grasmercat of Edinburgh the 2nd of September last for murdering her own child. In genealogical terms, pure gold. Irregular or clandestine marriages happened when a couple simply declared they were married before relatives and friends with no input from the church. Understandably, the church became upset at the loss of its hold over what is regarded as its prerogative. Some entries appear in the OPRs, such as that dated 18th of April, 1773, for the parish church at Dalton in Dumfrieshire, and I quote, This day, 
William Gibson and Sarah Reed in Hindgill made public acknowledgements for their irregular marriage at Candlemas last and paid one guinea to the poor. The session being met and taking into their consideration the frequency of irregular marriages, especially for some time past, and being desirous to use all proper means to prevent them, unanimously resolved and hereby enacted that in time coming there should be paid to the poor for every irregular or clandestine marriage the sum of one pound and one shilling sterling, and that the parties so married should also be rebuked before the congregation. Imagine what the village gossips could do with that information. I dare say the new wife would come under close inspection for the next six months. Of all the events recorded in parish registers, those of deaths and burials seem to be the most poorly kept. But all is not lost if you are searching for a death. Sometimes a recorded fee paid to the parish for the hire of a mort cloth might indicate the death of your ancestor. The mort cloth was draped over a coffin or sometimes over the deceased body for the funeral service and those in charge of keeping the records were very keen to record anything to do with money. To find out if the OPRs are available for your ancestors' town or village, go to the National Records of Scotland, www.nrscotland.gov.uk where you will find a free, detailed list of the old parochial registers of Scotland. Another excellent site is Scotland's People at www.scotlandspeople.gov.uk, which has freely available OPR lists, but if you require further information, you will have to pay for credits. We hope you have enjoyed this podcast with a glimpse into our newly established Scottish SIG and trust we will meet again in the next of our Scottish podcasts. Thanks for listening to this podcast and if you'd like to know more about the Scottish Special Interest Group, you're welcome to join a meeting which is held on the second Tuesday of the month at the Society's Rooms in the Mechanics Institute Building in Elder Street, Lambton, commencing at 1pm. You may also like to visit our website, www.nfhs.org.au. Click on the link to SIGS and Scotland, where you'll find more information and a copy of their newsletter, Caledonian. We look forward to you joining us again on Newcastle Family History Society podcasts.